Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Just because we know you could be anywhere, I always say that you really could be sleeping, guys. It's not easy, you know. Um, when I know in the summer it's a little bit easier, I guess, to kind of get up because you're not really doing too much. But when it's uh, school has started, uh, you know, Q4 has now began. So many things are happening. It can get kind of hard to really um, get with the strive of things and 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 life be life in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so um, I'm not going to waste too much time. My name is David Oladaro-Potusin. Um, thank you for joining us here at the Gap Church. I'm one of the leaders here. And um, I just want to say welcome. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, if this is your 50th, 100th, 1,000th time, I don't know if we've had 1,000 services yet. I don't think so. But um, whatever it may be for you, I want to say thank you. We still appreciate you. Um, we want to know that. We want you to know that we're looking out for you guys, and we truly appreciate you. And so... Um, just want to, of course, appreciate a few people or appreciate a few things that happened this past week. We had an amazing deeper night um, that happened, um, an amazing time. Um, and also, of course, we had an amazing men's conference yesterday. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, um, a lot of people were, a lot of men were stirred up. And so, uh, ladies, watch out, man. Come on. What I'm saying, watch out, I'm not saying for those reasons, guys. I'm saying just because of... The men are taking charge. Come on. We're, 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 we've always been... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but one thing I just want us to pray is, can we just pray, Holy Spirit, help me? I think more and more as we're in this series, I want us to continue to pray this prayer and allow... I think any time we come into the house of God, we should just be praying, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to understand what is being taught because I want us to have an understanding and God, God to open our eyes. Of course, we are in the Gifted series. This is week four, I believe. And so we thank God for, um, for this series. Honestly, can we make some noise for that? I'm telling you, it's been an amazing series so far. Uh, we, we've spoken about different things. We had an amazing intro. We had Intercession Sunday, of course, um, with the gift of faith. And then last week, um, we spoke about, uh, what did we speak about, guys? Oh, y'all looking at me. Y'all looking at me. <laughs> Thank you. The language of the Holy Spirit, um, diverse tongues and interpretation. And so I want us to understand as we are in this series, I want us to be praying that God open my eyes to even see what you've put within me. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's for the edification of the body. And so understand that God, whatever you've placed inside of me, even as you're hearing some of these things, you may be able to see some qualities, some traits that maybe you see within yourself. And so who knows? Who knows? Um, I also just want to, um, and, and I'm going to just apologize before I say this because I could be biased. I'm, I'm not trying to be biased. I'm going to get better at this um, hopefully next time. But I just also want to just um, appreciate and also um, celebrate um, October 1st is Nigerian Independence Day um, as well. So the reason why I'm apologizing is because I know there's different cultures in this place. And so I just, um, we're going to have to do a survey on that so we can get everywhere from where everyone is from, so we can make sure that we acknowledge each Independence Day, right? We don't want to, we're not biased here, right? But let's just still celebrate Nigeria. <laughs> Dang, y'all don't want to celebrate Nigeria? I was like, I said, whoa. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Nigeria, did, don't, no, don't carry last, I'm telling you. Anyways, anyways, so as we're going into this, I want you guys to gather your questions because we have the gathering that we have, right? And so my thing is that as we prepare, as we go into each gathering, it's important that even when there's questions that come in during multiple series that we have, write them down because when we have the gathering, we usually explore some of the questions that may come up in the series. And so I, wanna, I just want you guys to know that. And so let's go right into it. First Corinthians 12. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. We've been reading this. This is basically the main key text for our, um, the series. 
And this is Paul speaking to um, the, the church of Corinth. <clears throat> and he says, now concerning what you wrote about their gifts from the Holy Spirit, uh, I want you to know the truth about them, my friends. Verse 2. It says, you know that while you were still heathen, you were led astray in many ways uh, to the worship of lifeless idols. I'm going to now skip down to verse 5. To verse 5. It says, there are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. Verse 6, there are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to all for the particular service. I'm going to skip to verse 8. It says, the Spirit gives one person a message full of wisdom, while to another person the same Spirit gives a message full of knowledge. Verse 9, one and the same Spirit gives faith to one person, while to another person he gives the power to heal. Verse 10, the Spirit gives one person the power to work miracles. To another, the Spirit, the gift of speaking God's message, and yet to another, the ability to tell the difference between gifts that come from the Spirit and those that do not. To the one person, he gives the ability to speak in strange tongues, and to another, he gives the ability to explain what is said. Verse 11, but it is one and the same spirit who does all this as he wishes. He gives a different gift to each person. Bless the reading of God's word. So today, we're going to be talking about three. We have a loaded, guys, pray for me. <laughs> I'm talking about three today. <laughs> so... Um, we have, uh, we're going to talk about three, and the title of my message is not really even the title, it's just straightforward. Wisdom, knowledge, and prophetic, and the prophetic. Wisdom, knowledge, and the prophetic. So this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you guys, educate you guys, but I'm also going to, of course, preach some things, because I want you guys to just fully have understanding, um, to be able to reference this and everything like that. And so the first thing that we're going to speak about is the gift, the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. I have a definition here that I wrote down. Um, this specific gift is the ability to know or make a decision that normally would require experience or past judgment. Did y'all get that? It should be on the screen. The ability to know or make a decision that normally would require experience or past judgment. That's why many times people may say that, oh, you know, this child or this person is wise beyond their. Why is that? Because when it comes to wisdom, wisdom is usually acquired through experiences and through life and living life. And so when you find someone who can make decisions and can counsel on things that they may not have even gone through, we start to see wisdom come into play. We look at the, the wisest man in scripture, who is who? Solomon. King Solomon. King Solomon was very wise. We look in the scripture, 1 Kings 3, 8 to 12. I'm going to be running through a lot of these, and so I just want you to write these scriptures down. 1 Kings 3, 8 to 12. 1 Kings 3, 8 to 12. We see this is the first um, initial contact that Solomon has with God to speak about. He, of course, this is after he sacrificed all these things, and, and God comes to him and says, what do you want? And he says, here I am among the people you have chosen to be your own, a people who are so many that cannot be counted, verse 9. So give me the wisdom I need to rule your people with justice and to know the difference between good and evil. That's very important. It's, it confirms the point what I'm saying. He says what? Give me wisdom so I need to, to rule your people with justice and to know the difference between good and evil. You see, to know the difference between good and evil must take experience, Right? It takes experience. And says, otherwise, how would I ever be able to rule the great people of yours? Of course, we see in Scripture that um, God ends up giving Solomon this gift of wisdom and a much more because of how um, 
intricate and how amazing it was to ask for that gift. That is to let us know that the gift of wisdom, many people do not understand the value of it. So for God to be surprised at Solomon's answer is to let you know that there could have been anything else. Most people would have asked for anything else. God, curse my enemies, die by fire, make me a millionaire. But he said, wisdom is what I require. That's what I need. And so God was astonished and said, wow, the fact that you asked this question, I'm going to give you much more. And that is to let us know for those who have the gift of wisdom, Knowing that it's for the edification of the body and for God's people, if you truly steward this gift well, you can see that God may give you even much more. Amen? Amen. <laughs> now, I want you to understand this. A practical example of this scripture um, or this gift, and I just want us to write this scripture down, 1 Kings 3, 16 to 28. I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to give you a summary because of time. Um, we see that um, in the Bible, one of the first examples of wisdom that we see Solomon exu- uh, exhibit is when there's two women. It says two prostitutes come to, 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 uh, to King Solomon, and they say, oh, my one person, oh, this one woman says that this person's baby died yesterday night, and so what happened is that in the nighttime, I just gave birth, so she switched my baby with her baby, and now she's claiming, you know, and so this is a, in, in the court of public opinion, and we see what Solomon does, which is a very gutsy thing he says. He calls for one of his, one of his people who says, bring a sword, and he says, okay, cool, I'm going to cut the baby in half. I'm going to cut the baby in half. If that's what, if that's, if y'all want the baby, cool, I'll cut it in half and y'all can split it. And we see that in scripture, the mother cries out and says, no, just give it to the other woman. And from that point on, what happens is that it says that Solomon said, you know what? The baby is this woman's. Because the other one said, it's okay, yeah, I'll cut it in half. If it wasn't, if it was truly her child, would she really want to cut it in half? Thank you. But that takes wisdom, divine wisdom. Even me, I wouldn't even think like that. Now, people with the gift of wisdom, like I said, have the ability to communicate answers in an effective way that brings understanding and peace to all sides. Involved, we see Jesus with the woman caught in the act of adultery. We see him display this gift of wisdom. And, and, and in the point where everything could have gone wrong, he says, he who was without sin cast the first stone. None of us probably would have said that. <laughs> That's crazy. But that is the gift of wisdom. Number two, you see, when you have the gift of wisdom, and, and maybe what I'll just do is maybe I should just, like, export these notes and send it to you guys. <laughs> um, but people with the gift of wisdom possess a level of insight that draws many to hear them. So if you want to know someone who probably has the gift of wisdom, how many people come to this a specific person just to hear them talk, to hear their advice, to hear their counsel? The scripture says in 1 Kings 4, 29 to 34, says that kings from all over the world, people would come travel far and wide just to hear Solomon talk. Just to hear his perspective on birds, animals, life, plants. Because that's how wise he was. You see, when people who have the gift of wisdom speak, it blows your mind. You see some strengths of people who have the characteristic of this gift They're practical problem solvers. They have the ability to counsel others about their situation with supernatural insight. They're able to distinguish good from evil with confidence. They receive understanding from the Lord in the best way to handle a situation or problem. And they often sense an awareness of how to pray or act to particular needs. 
That's a lot, I know. Some misconceptions, three misconceptions I have. People who have the gift of wisdom take wise decisions themselves. <laughs> Sometimes we may think that people who inhabit this gift make wise decisions themselves for their life. We see that in the life of Solomon. How many prostitutes? <laughs> How many things did he do that God said don't do? Another misconception of this gift is that people who have this gift know how to communicate well. You'll get it. It's like when people say it's not about what you said, it's how you said it. People who have the gift of wisdom don't always know how to say it. And so someone around you could have the gift of wisdom, but the way they're saying it is so rude and offensive that you don't even hear. Number three, another misconception is that People who have the gift of wisdom only do good for the kingdom. They only do good for the kingdom. I'm sure some people are like, I mean, duh. No, no, but think about this. For some people who have this gift, they manipulate it. They manipulate people through this gift. All right, cool, we move on. That's wisdom. The next thing we go to is the gift of knowledge or the word of knowledge. I like this one a lot, actually. <laughs> the gift of knowledge. And, and, the, and the definition, um, you guys really could just start taking pictures of these. It says, the ability to know the truth about something or someone that would only come through closeness, proximity, experience, and or education. The ability for someone to know a fact, not a guess, a fact, a truth about something Someone, a situation that would only come if you were close to them, in proximity to them, had experience, education. That's how you have people that say, they, bro, they just, don't get around them. They know too much. Don't get around them. They'll tell you your whole life. <laughs> you see, we look at this, uh, I, I love this example because I think it's the perfect example of this gift we see in the scripture. John 4, 16 to 18, we see Jesus who has met the woman at the well. What does he say to her? He says, go and call your husband. Jesus told her, and come back. Verse 17. She said, I don't have a husband, she answered. What did Jesus reply? You're right. <laughs> you don't have a husband. You've been married to five men. And the man you live with now is not really your husband. What did she say? You have told me the truth. <laughs> That's the gift of knowledge. You see, when people display this gift, it shocks people. It, it really just blows people's mind, mind because it's just like, bro, I don't, you don't know me. So how do you know I have five husbands? But it's amazing when you have this gift in the midst of unbelievers because they're standing at attention because they're like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, hold on. How do you know that about me? Where is this power from? <laughs> You see, people who have this gift, they speak factual information, no lies or guesses, that come divinely about a thing or situation. Number two, they can know what a person or a group specifically needs. Not a guess, what they specifically need. Oh, what's your problem? Hmm. Yeah, do this. Yeah, trust me, just do this. Just do this for like the next seven days. Trust me. You'll be fine. 
This one's a very interesting one. It's a very scary one. Verse 3, or, or number 3, it can, can, it can discern a man's heart. People with this gift can discern a man's heart. John 2, 23 to 25, it says, While Jesus was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in him as they saw the miracles he performed. And what is, verse 24 says, But Jesus did not trust himself to them because he knew them all. He knew them all. Some misconceptions about this, and I love the misconceptions, that many times we confuse people who have the gift of knowledge with prophets. We confuse them with prophets because of the knowledge that they have. And, and, and the biggest thing I want you to understand when it comes to, and we'll talk about when I'm going into the, to, to pro, the prophecy, but the biggest thing is that when it comes to the gift of knowledge, many times it refers to the past and the present, not the future. The past and the present. We see this scripture, it says Acts 9, 11, uh, Acts 9, 11 to 12, uh, God is speaking to, Corn, uh, I think it's, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, I think it was Cornelius, and he says, the Lord says to him, go Get ready and go to Straight Street. And out the house of Judas, ask for a man from, from Tarsus, Tarsus named Saul. He is praying now. At this point, he's probably praying. Verse 12. And in a vision, obviously saying that in, in Paul's vision, he saw a man named Ananias come in and place hands on him. But what God is giving, giving Cornelius in this moment is gift of knowledge. There's a man at a house right now that is praying. That is praying right now. So that's the gift of knowledge. Giving you an understanding of the current situation and maybe even what happened in the past. I would like to go into detail about this, but let me just calm down. Um, a misconception about this gift is that it is a public gift. It's a private gift. It's a private gift. The reason why it's a private gift is because the amount of information that you may receive with this gift is sometimes too much to put in public. Many times we see in scripture that a lot of times when this gift is expressed, it's in a public place. We didn't see Jesus in front of his disciples talking to the woman at the well and says, no, you have five husbands. We, didn't, we don't see this gift expressed in public places because the sensitivity of what God may give a man that has his gift may be too much and may just be just for knowledge that, okay, when you're going to this place, when you're praying with this person, it's just between you and this person. If you're not careful, many people have this gift, but they misuse it, and that's why we think they're prophets. And the problem is that when they're now speaking in public, we think they're talking about prophetic things, but they're just talking about the gift of knowledge because they're only talking about the past and the present. Oh, I saw you. I see an image of you in your room crying. That's not prophetic. That's past. That's, that's private. That's private. That's a private conversation, guys. If I tell you, I see you, in your room crying. Would you want me to really just come out here and just, just start saying that? It wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be nice. It's a private gift because of the sensitivity of what is, is given with this information, this gift. 
Number three, and this is a really funny one, a misconception is that everything is always revealed. This, people with this gift have to be very careful because many times, if you're not careful, just because of proximity, I may have to Shay or, or Wati or Ade or anybody, the issue is that if we're not careful, if you have this gift, you may tell them something just based off of the context of you knowing things about them. And it can be under the fact that I just have this gift. Or maybe you're best friends with their best friend. I sense the Lord moving you into a season, but you just talk to their best friend about how they're, they're thinking and looking at jobs in different places. So many times, people who have this gift, if we're not careful, we can think that everything that they say was revealed to them. When really, they just have foreknowledge. <laughs> All right, the third one. Cool. I'm doing good. Cool. The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. I mean, this is the one that people want to hear about. <laughs> the definition I have here is the ability to predict the future as the Lord reveals it. And communicating his mind. This may be, and take note of this, to reprove and admonish the wicked or for comfort, comforting the afflicted or simply just telling the truth. Of the future. I like to say this is a public and a private gift. We see this multiple times in scripture that it's both public and private, which means it's at the discretion of the person that's sharing it. So the ability to protect the future as the Lord reveals it and communicating his mind, this may be to reprove and admonish the wicked, comforting the afflicted, or simply just telling the future. Like I have here, Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born. One of the greatest prophets in history is Isaiah. We see that many years, everything he spoke about, Jesus Christ literally walked out his prophecies. We see in an example here in 1 Samuel 3, 11 to 14. I love this scripture, 1 Samuel 3, 11 to 14. It says, the Lord said unto Samuel the boy, someday I'm going to do something. What did he say? Someday. It hasn't happened yet. I'm going to do something to the people of Israel that is so terrible that everyone who hears it will be stunned. On this day, I will carry out my threats. Here's the thing about prophecy we need to understand. It's sometimes, most times it might just be a confirmation of what God has already been speaking to the person. It said, I will carry out my threats, 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 threats. What are threats? It means that there's been warnings to the specific person. So the person probably knows it's coming. I will carry out my threats against Eli's family from beginning to end. You see, people who have this gift, like I said, speak of what is to come, and what is to come can only be done by God. They're only the middlemen, so they can only speak of what is to come, and what is going to come, they have no control of. Only God has control of it. We see this in Ezekiel 3, 17, 19. A lot of people love this scripture. God says to, he, he, he's speaking to Ezekiel. He says, mortal man, he said, I am making you a lookout for the nation of Israel. You will pass on to them warnings I give you. 
If I announce something that evil is going to, if, if I announce that someone evil is going to die, but you do not warn him to change his ways so that he can save his life, he will die still a separate, but I will hold you responsible for his death. That's the thing about being a prophet and having this gift. If there's something that God has told you to communicate and you don't communicate it, it's on your head. People with this gift, number two, speak the mind of God in accordance to his word. In accordance to his word. In Jonah 1, 2, it says, God says to Jonah, he said, go to Nineveh, the great city, and speak out against it. I am aware of how wicked its people are. I love this scripture because it says, go to Nineveh, the great city, and speak out against it. What is Jonah going to say? Speak out against it. God will give him what to say. Just speak out. I'll give you what to say. Number three, people with this gift need to understand that this gift is divinely inspired by the spirit and power of God alone. That is it. It can only be foiled by God. Ezekiel 37, 46 says, he said, prophesy to these bones, tell these dry bones to listen to the word of the Lord. It has to be foiled by God and God alone. Now let's get to some misconceptions. I know y'all waiting for this one. Number one, you have to be a prophet to prophesy. Understand that being a prophet is an office, but the ability to prophesy is a gift of the spirits. Ephesians 4.11 talks about the offices, and one of the offices is what? The office of a prophet. So understand that the office and the gift are different. So just because you can prophesy does not mean that you have the office of a prophet. Another misconception of this gift is that a prophecy cannot be wrong or judged. 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 29, I love this as well. When we talk, um, when Paul is talking about the gifts, he says in the scripture on how, order, uh, how, how or, orderly should, things should be, he says, two or three who are given God's message should speak, while the others are to judge what they say. To judge. Some of you need to read that in context to really get it. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says, two or three are to speak God's given message. God's are to, to are, who are given God's message, who are given God's message, should speak while the others are to judge, to judge what is being spoken. So understand that every word that is spoken, whether prophecy, can be judged and should be tested by God's word. Number three, another misconception is that once prophecy is spoken, it will come to pass. Many of us need to understand that Many times with prophecy, there's faith, obedience, and you have a part to play, even salvation. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, many the scriptures that we love to say many times, I know the plans I have for you. It says, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring you about the future you hope for. This is a prophecy. But verse 12 says, then you will call to me. You will come and pray to me, and I will answer you. Verse 13, you will seek me, and you will find me, because you will seek me with all your heart. 14, yes, I say, you will find me, and I will restore to your land. I will gather you from every country and from every place to which I have scattered you, and I will bring you back to the land which I had sent you away into exile. I, the Lord, have spoken. So, yes, the word has been spoken, but many times there's a part that we have to play. Number four, and this can be... And trusting for some people, another misconception is that prophecy can only come from God. 
We see this in scripture when it comes to Balak employing Balaam to curse the Israelites. That Balak, he employed this prophet of darkness to come and speak curses prophetically upon the children of Israel. So I want you to understand when people prophesy, don't always think their source is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Number five, another misconception is that prophecy or prophets expose people. <laughs> that don't get around a prophet, they're going to expose you. Me, I'll be more scared of the person that has the gift of knowledge than a prophet. <laughs> you see, understand this. When it comes to prophecy, many times it will confirm things, encourage you. It's not to bring anyone down. And and that's why that scripture that we're reading earlier in 1 Samuel, when God says, for I will carry out the threats against Eli. It's because many times, especially if you are a believer in God, in Christ, and you speak to God, many times when people prophesy to me, it's not the first time I'm hearing it. <laughs> if you have a relationship with God, you have intimacy with him, if you're communicating with him, most times it's confirmation, it's encouragement. And so it's not to get into the nitty-gritty, and I want to say this. Yes, there's, pe- there's been some people in the body of Christ that have communicated prophecy in some terrible ways. That's why I say it's a public and a private gift because it's up to the discretion of the person to understand that, okay, what God is revealing for me, I might need to bring the person to the side after the service and speak to them about this because there's some deeper things that are going to happen. And, and that's the way I, I take things that way too. There's some things that I instantly hear, prophetically speaking. I hear it prophetically that God is going to do in somebody's life, and I'm like, oh, okay, let me just uh, call somebody to the side and just, you know, talk to them about this thing, because it's not for everybody to hear. But understand, it's not to expose people. Now, sometimes it can feel like an, exp- an expose if God is giving you, like, 20 warnings. <laughs> it can feel like you're being exposed if God has really been irking you on this thing. And so I just want us to understand. I had to breeze through all of those guys. Thank you, Jesus. But understand these three gifts. Have education about them. Understand where they play a part. And everything at the end of the day in the scripture we see in 1 Corinthians, what Paul says is that it's for the body. It's for edification. It's not for ourselves. Like I said last last week, I joked about it. You're not about to prophesy to yourself. (laughs) you're not about to use the gift of knowledge for yourself. You're not about to use the gift of wisdom for yourself. It's for the body. And many times, we have to understand this, to who the Holy Spirit gives it to is for those that he knows had the heart that he knows are in those places specifically. It's not by by just curiosity that that gift of wisdom was given to Solomon. He was in a place of influence. Many people were around him. Many people, he he had to literally lead a nation. And so just understand that with these gifts here again, check your desires, check the reasoning you desire some of these gifts. I want you to understand again, also this, this, this is a big thing as well from this series. Please put emphasis and put priority and value on every gift as well. No gift is bigger than the other. Like my hand is not more important than my leg. Thank you, my ear is not more important than my eyes or my mouth. All of them hold value in their own ways. And so, please, we don't know if that could be the reason why we haven't even been given the gift yet. 
because we value prophecy over the gift of knowledge. Because we value the gift of wisdom over, over the gift of diverse tongues. And so please, we must put priority over these things. And so even as I close right now, I just want to give everyone in this room an opportunity and anyone watching online or anyone that will listen back to this or watch this later, just an opportunity to come into relationship with Christ. Even as we're talking about the Holy Spirit in this series and his gifts, we must understand that this is only by benefit of having the Holy Spirit. And having the Holy Spirit only comes from relationship with Jesus Christ. Understand that. It only comes from relationship. The moment you are a believer, you, you, you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is now within you. And so I want us to just uh, pray this prayer together. Maybe there's some people, there's two groups of people, maybe there's some people in here that want to rededicate their life to Christ. You know, we are praying earlier about just returning back to God, and um, that's probably you. Maybe there's some people who have never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want us to just give you this opportunity just to have this um, moment. So we're going to pray this prayer together. If you really mean this and if that's you, I want you to say this as a declaration to God himself. And so let's say this together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Still keeping our heads bowed real quick. Is there anyone in this room that um, wants to make that decision? Um, please just raise up your hand right now. I want to pray with you. Whether you're online, just please text SAVED. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you, God, for everyone making this decision, for everyone that even listened to this word, God, for those that are making this decision, God. We just pray, Lord, as they're coming back to you, coming into relationship with you, Heavenly Father, God, we pray that it will be the best decision of their life, God. We just pray, Heavenly Father, God, for a freshness, a renewing, God. We pray for evidence to show forth in their life because of this decision, God. We pray, Lord, against any voice of guilt, any voice of shame, God, that wants to pull them back, Lord, and we silence it, Heavenly Father. We just pray, Heavenly Father, God, even as we've explored these gifts and spoken about them, God, that, Heavenly Father, you give us understanding and revelation that your spirit begins to speak to us, God. We pray, Lord, even if these gifts, some of these gifts are within your children, God, we just pray, Lord, God, help us to steward them, help us to birth them, God, help us to make sure that they're used for your glory, God. God, we say thank you once again, and we give you all the glory and honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we just give glory to God real quick? Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.